Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association and LMC, we are going to talk about expanding into multifamily. Today, we're joined by Assam Fakuri and Tom Klosser, owners of Apex Structural Innovation in Romulus, Michigan. Today, they're going to share with us how they built their company from scratch and how they are now successfully taking on larger projects. Assam and Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate you having us. Thank you, Sean. All right. Well, the two of you have been in the component manufacturing industry for quite a while, but you started Apex together about eight years ago. And I'm curious, can you share a little bit about uh, what opportunity you saw back then, uh, what was going on in your market, and and how you have evolved since then to where you are today? Sean, what we were seeing was that there was a certain demand needed at that point, especially with lead times and just the volume of trusses in a whole that we were seeing the economy picking up and we saw an opportunity so to control our own destiny at that point. So you're going to have to remove the safety net, but uh, add some capacity to the market. So how did you start out? What were some of those initial conversations? How did you, how'd you figure out where where you wanted to target yourselves? Well, we knew we wanted to stay right in southeastern Michigan because we had a lot of contacts in the industry through the lumberyards, the builders, our reputation that grew over the long period of time we were in the industry. But we knew we wanted to start off slowly so that we didn't stumble and fall. So, Tom, I remember the conversation we had uh, after a sales meeting one day and we realized that we were both on the same page. Like uh, there's an opportunity there now before anybody else jumps in and takes advantage of the opportunity to create the capacity needed in our marketplace. What if it were us? Uh, That was around, I remember it was around the holidays because uh, my family and I went to Florida for Christmas that year and I went to dinner with my old boss and mentor and my wife uh, nudged me and she just asked, just asked Brown and see what he thought about starting a company. And I did that at dinner and he said, there's no better time than right now because used equipment is available and things are starting to pick up again. It might be the perfect time. When I got home, Tom and I had more conversations and we started the planning and it was like a snowball. Once it started heading downhill, there was no stopping. That's awesome. So you hired 50 people and away you went, right? And not, not, not quite 50, but um, we, we started contacting some integral people. One of the first was who is now uh, a partner of ours, Larry Steinman's. And then we started contacting other people that we've worked with in the past that are familiar with the industry. They're familiar with the marketplace. And to our surprise, people did not hesitate. People quit their jobs 
and took a chance with us because it, it was just that it was a chance. And I know Tom and I both felt a huge responsibility to make sure that Apex was successful because of the chance that people took on us. So when you started out, did you have like a long-term plan? Did you, did you have an idea of where you wanted to go to? We did. Okay. And that's, again, it comes back to the slow growth. I, I remember talking about, okay, well, what do we want to do this year? One year, you know, we, that's all we wanted to focus on. And then we put little nuggets out, you know, three years, five years, 10 years. And we wrote them down. We slowly got to each one of those points and targets. We look at it now and we have met where we've actually exceeded what our 10 year plan would be. And we're just about at eight years. So we've got some more planning to do at this point. So keep moving the goalposts, right? That's right. All right. So you started off, a majority of your projects were, I'm assuming, in single family. Uh, but you have seen strong growth in multifamily over the past year, year seven or year eight. Why do you think this shift is happening in your market? And, and I'm curious, you know, along those lines, what have you done to sort of accommodate that shift? Yeah, so, you know, the, the first job we, we built, Tom, Larry, and I built those trusses ourselves. Definitely the ugliest trusses that ever left our facility. I can speak for all three of us when I say we were really proud of that. And we started with single family residential for sure. They're smaller projects, uh, less risky. Um, and we focused on the best customers that we had from over the years. It wasn't long before we took on a multifamily project. Probably, Tom, would you say that was year two or at the end of year one? Uh, end of year one, that was with Crane and Hidden Lakes. Yes. What, what size project was it? Like... How many units? It was a 10 unit building, upscale 10 unit building. Back then, it was probably about a $60,000 in roof, just to give you a general idea. And it would probably be closer to a six figure roof nowadays. <laughs> How much has changed in just a few years, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, we cut our teeth on that as far as multifamily was concerned. And since then, we've taken on other multifamily projects. Thankfully, they've been successful. Uh, it, it's given our trade partners, the lumber yards, the confidence in Apex take on a large project. So do you think that's, that's contributed or emboldened them to bid on more multifamily projects because they know you, they have you as a partner? Uh, certain, certainly. I've heard it from more than uh, one person that I want to team up with Apex on this one. We're going after it. We're going to be aggressive. We get the plans. We value engineer it together. And we try and get very creative presenting, you know, the rough framing package. And sometimes including the labor, our trade partners take care of that part. I don't want anybody to get confused. We, sure. we simply do the trusses. But as a team, we found it to be very successful when Lumberyard works with the carpenter contractor Truck manufacturer and presents a whole package. They are very comfortable with using us. We've been on target with our deliveries, been on target with pricing. I mean, assuming that uh, as you have transitioned to doing more multifamily, you've had to make some accommodations to how you do job scheduling, how you do contracts, how you do lumber purchasing. How have you adjusted in those regards? 
So I'll answer the first part of that and I'll leave the, the scheduling part to Tom. I wish I could say that we are just so smart and we had the crystal ball and we saw the boom in multifamily coming, but it was purely by chance that we were positioning ourselves for growth. We hired a design manager about a year and three, a year and four months ago. That time we, we needed a design manager because we just started seeing uh, more and more quote requests coming to us. When we get, when we gave Mike the position to manage that, he just did a phenomenal job that allowed us to effectively and efficiently quote many more multifamily projects than we would have been able to had we not created a position and hired Mike. That in turn quickly started to turn into uh, contracts for us. And with our uh, membership with LMC, securing lumber contracts and the ability to buy as a much larger supplier than we really are, really gave us security and gave us uh, an edge against our competition. Uh, as far as the scheduling part of it, Tom does a great job with that, and I'll let him tell you how he manages it. All right. Sean, the biggest challenges to the scheduling, and it, it kind of doesn't matter if it's 30 different custom homes or one large project, it's getting the initial schedule from each one of these people, so from the contractors. So typically the large multifamilies, they're going to have a very good schedule and a rigid schedule that they're sticking. So once I can put that into the scheduling system, then I can count on those days being taken up or the portion of being taken up for deliveries and or production. Oh, I see. Works very similar to, we'll call it the custom homes. The custom homes, uh, the difference there is that they're more flexible or they may push the schedule around multifamily. You're at least knowing where you're at a couple months down the road, rather than scheduling something like a typical house, uh, three weeks out that may flex one way or the other, a couple of days. It can be easy, easier with the multifamily because of the rigid schedule. I mean, you just mentioned the scheduling. You talked about, you know, the partnership with LMC helping you with uh, material purchasing, that kind of thing. As you look at it as a big picture, as a, as a component manufacturer that did primarily single family for your LBM customers that have gotten more and more into multifamily, what are the advantages and disadvantages of incorporating more of that multifamily work into your overall production? I think uh, the big item is the steady workflow, knowing that you've got so many contracts and so many orders on the books, we're able to maintain workforce that we can confidently say, we've got plenty of work through the whole year and nobody has to worry about layoffs. We don't have to worry about not having enough work for them. It also helps us turning over our material in the yard that Assam is purchasing and looking at daily to have that steady amount of work flowing through the shop, we know we're going to be able to turn the different material over a lot quicker. It takes the peaks and valleys out of production and purchasing. Yes. Smooths it out a little bit and even at a higher level. Correct. 
Okay, so you're a component manufacturer who's doing both. That also makes me think of sort of floor trusses. Those have typically shined in the multifamily space. I'm sure you're selling plenty of those to your multifamily customers, but they aren't widely popular in single family, at least not yet. I'm just curious from your perspective, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to growing sort of a larger market share for floor trusses in the single family space? Yeah, I think uh, obviously material costs, plates, lumber, and certainly labor on our end, we can even out some of those costs, take some of the fluctuation out of it. It will allow us to compete better with the engineer products like I joist. Um, availability of some of the EWP and price increases that we saw last year kind of cracked that door open for us a little bit. We do have a few uh, residential builders that do like to use open web floor trusses. They understand the value. I think one of the obstacles is getting that information out to the builders and allowing them to see the benefit of it. I think once they see the benefit of it on one of their projects or two of their projects and the contractors, electricians, plumbers, HVAC guys for their trades and start maybe giving them a little bit better pricing when they are using floor trusses, it will help make it an easy choice on future projects. So, I mean, what are what are some of your tactics to to get some of your single family customers to try them out? As you said, if they do one or two projects and then they're successful, then yeah. they keep on going with it. But how do you get them to, to even try it on a few projects? Uh, in my experience, some homeowners have driven builders to look for an alternate solution for their, their uh, structural forced. Uh, they want a larger open space. They want to eliminate a post in the basement. They want to, you know, move a steel beam to a more strategic lo- location. So longer spans are achievable with open wet floor trusses. And once we start that conversation, the rest follows. You know, you reduce the amount of labor on site, you reduce the amount of waste on site. The time to put a floor truss system together on is is faster than a conventionally framed floor system, or even one with EWP. You don't have to cut every piece. A way I have found to bring this up to the customers are during, say, value engineering on a house or there's issues with the house and you're sitting back and listening to problems they have from the HVAC or plumber. And then we can say, do you realize that we could do this with floor trusses? You could bring everything up inside or the majority of the things up. And instead of creating drops and double framing at that point, with doing that, you can also improve the performance of the floor. Typically here in Michigan, uh, with the cold winters, when people build the bonus area, if you will, over the garage, the builder has to frame down and insulate um, to protect the floor and if there's a bathroom, plumbing, and so on from just the garage door opening and cold wind blowing. We take that opportunity to say, instead of doing all that additional over-framing, we can build that into the floor truss. And that opens their eyes for, well, if it happens there, maybe we can do it in other parts of the house. Interesting. What you're saying is the success that you have in getting a single family builder to think about floor trusses is listening to their pain points and meeting that pain point with, well, 
here's an easy solution for you. And we can make it for you. It's funny because it's it's a solution that you guys are providing to multifamily all the time, right? Multifamily has that problem in spades. They're trying to hide all of that MEP stuff without, you know, making a building that's super tall or a lot of wasted space or a lot of wasted framing. The the, the need to be efficient both material with material and with framing is much more acute in multifamily, right? I agree. I agree. Assam and Tom, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us, Sean. Thank you for having us, Sean. Well, I'd like to thank LMC for connecting Assam, Tom, and myself for this podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.